Boy 50. Them say I carry that, that automatic Yahoo boy. Why are us the bar? We go make your mama lose joy. Leave one for him leg, your future we go destroy. Police is your friend, all my other one a decoy. Sass the beat, sass the still, but Sega get your freaking back. Sega this, Sega that, but Sega know they ever slack. Sega tweet, Sega help, Sega be like light for dark. Sass the fear, sass the jail, all because of Sega fact. Sass be like devil, them they still kill and destroy. Person go watch ball, all my now they don't end the boy. Click pal, trigger happy, see the red on the soil. Vexed and enraged, on my inside they boil, only cop I can vouch for is CP Wakili. The rest will show you pepper, they are layers of chili. You they young, you get car, you they feel yourself a bee. Them go tax you, them go rob you, them go frame you up, you see. Officer of the law, but on duty you they blow grass. Young boys know they save, now your duty to they harass. Police turning bankers, them get POS, pure trust. RIP caller, they it is time to answer. I think the verdicts lit a match, but the tender was already in play. Can we can we all get along? A city in flames. Entire neighborhoods burned to the ground. Look closely at the beginning of this unedited version of the video. You can see King does try to get up and run. He appears to lift his arms before falling to the ground. It's this portion of the video that later impacts a jury's decision. Blood is just gushing down the street. He sustains more than 50 baton blows and shocks by a taser gun. Little does he know, his arrest and brutal beating are captured on video by George Holliday, who lived in the apartments across the street. I was just amazed at what was happening, uh, feeling, uh, you know, what the hell could he be doing, could he have done to, to deserve uh, such punishment? Two days after the beating, the video is broadcast around the world. Instantly, Rodney King's name becomes a battle cry against injustice. The officer's actions are exposed. King has his evidence. The video ignites a firestorm of outrage. Rodney King is released without being charged. As Los Angeles Mayor Tom Bradley launches an investigation, so does the FBI. Even the president demands answers. It was sickening to see the beating that was rendered. There's no way, in my view, to, uh, to explain that away. It was outrageous. The district attorney for L.A. County moves quickly. Indictments are announced. LAPD officer Lawrence Powell, Timothy Wynn, Theodore Brasino, and Sergeant Stacy Kuhn have been indicted for assault with a deadly weapon. But racial tensions continue to mount. There is so much publicity and anger, the officer's trial is moved out of L.A. to the predominantly white community of Simi Valley. February 3rd, 1992. Exactly 11 months after Rodney King's controversial arrest, 
the trial of the four white officers charged in the beating gets underway. Uh, immediately after this incident, uh, you made a call for a rescue ambulance, didn't you? Yes, I did. Armed with the videotape as a star witness, Rodney King feels a conviction is all but certain and justice will be served. But will a jury of 10 whites, one Hispanic, one Filipino American, and no blacks agree? Nearly three months into the trial, a hushed courtroom anxiously awaits the verdict. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Stacy C. Kuhn, not guilty. This is a reaction just outside the courthouse. Sheriff's deputies having to protect Sergeant Stacy Kuhn as he makes his way to his car. Movie director John Singleton is in the crowd and makes a chilling prediction. By having this verdict, what these people have done, they let, let the fuse to a bomb. Within just two hours after the verdicts, downtown Los Angeles is a war zone. go on a rampage. Innocent people are randomly attacked. White truck driver Reginald Denny just happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. He hasn't heard about the riots when he exits the interstate. Within minutes, Denny is attacked. My right window broke in that time. Uh, I was extremely frightened. It's a, it's a strange feeling to be uh, scared. That's all Denny can remember about the beating. So I pushed him over to the other seat, and I told him I'm here to save his life. Green drives Denny's truck to the hospital, arriving just in time. Uh, it gave me a glory to my heart that I saved another human being. Bobby Green is just one of many heroes that day. Despite all the calls for calm, the rioting continues. The president deploys federal troops. And let me assure you, I will use whatever force is necessary to restore order. But as the city burns around them, some business owners will take matters into their own hands. As flames spread across wide sections of the city, Rodney King remained secluded, but stunned by the magnitude of destruction. Entire neighborhoods are reduced to rubble. By the end of the first day of rioting, 12 people have already been killed. While much of the looting is random and the perpetrators are as diverse as the city itself, Radio Korea broadcaster Richard Choi notices a disturbing pattern. Choi says callers are telling him Korean-American-owned businesses are being specifically targeted. And while their pleas for help seem to be ignored, their property is ransacked by roving bands of looters. I wish this whole thing was a joke, something that I, something I dreamed that I could wake up from. 
we came this country to want to have uh, some kind of uh, established some American dream. Long before the riots, tensions had been simmering between some black residents and the Korean-American merchants. There was a language barrier. There wasn't an understanding. There was gruff treatment. There was poor communication skill. Those simmering racial tensions ignite after the Rodney King verdict. As billowing smoke moves closer to the financial center of Koreatown, attorney David Kim urges merchants to take action. They were telling Korean-American merchants in Koreatown to evacuate. KABC television captures these men apparently taking matters into their own hands. By defending themselves, Kim says, Koreatown became a buffer zone in the battle to prevent the loss of more lives and property. The fact that Koreatown itself uh, uh, was... As the riots enter a fourth day, the man at the center of the storm emerges from obscurity, his voice visibly shaken. King speaks to the world. People, um, I just, I just want to say, you know, can we, can we all get along? Can we, can we get along? And also Mayor Tom Bradley, Los Angeles Mayor Tom Bradley, uh, extending the curfew area in the city of Los Angeles. It takes six days to restore order. The damage is staggering. 55 people lost their lives. Another 2,000 are injured. Property damages exceed $1 billion. One week later, President Bush makes a personal visit to Koreatown to ease tensions. It helped uh, the Korean Americans because they felt like the system had abandoned them. I the events that unfold after the jury's verdict present a watershed moment in the history of race relations across the country. But in L.A., those relations are soon tested again. As another trial keeps the city on edge. A city on edge. We have found ourselves in a businessman. We are ready to. The LAPD says if violence breaks out here in LA, it will be ready. You take to the streets, you will give the police the legal right to kill you. Nearly a year after riots and rage rock Los Angeles, L.A. braces itself for the outcome of a second trial. Under pressure from President Bush, the Department of Justice files federal charges against the four police officers acquitted in Simi Valley. The question at the heart of this case, were Rodney King's civil rights violated? There was a palpable tension. The Roy Ball building where this trial was held. We have tried to get along with minorities. There are noticeable differences between the two trials. This one would take place in downtown Los Angeles, and Rodney King would take the witness stand. Prosecutors intentionally kept King out of the courtroom for the first trial. I just want to get up here and testify and just tell the truth. Another difference, 
This time, there are two African-American jurors. Journalist Lou Cannon says the fear of riots loomed. Are you saying that you walked into a courtroom with a client who you believed had no chance? Pretty much so, yeah. I was so um, positive and knew in my heart that I'm not even worried about it. If they don't call me, we're still going to win. Rodney King takes a witness stand and testifies that racial epithets were used during the beating. His testimony would spark a war of words between the legal teams. Mike Stone knows that the word nigger was used. Did your client ever use the word nigger? Absolutely not. No one out there did. He's going to kill you. And that's when you see him getting up. He is still willing to stand up in this courtroom before a jury and say they said the word nigger and then say, well, maybe it was killer. I'm not sure. Lawrence Powell, accused of making the racial slur, also disputed King's testimony. Rodney King is no doubt a liar. The evidence bears that out. First you said it wasn't racial, then you said it was, and then you said you heard the N-word, and then you said you didn't. Oh, no, I heard it. But my mom said, whatever you do, don't say it was racism. So I, I respect her for that at that time. After 45 days, the federal trial ends. I think we will be acquitted. And, but that 1% of, you know, that we might not be is real worrisome. On the sixth day of deliberations, the jury reaches a verdict. We, the jury, find the defendant, Stacey C. of the four officers are found guilty. It was like, God. Sergeant Stacy Coon and Officer Lawrence Powell were both sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison. The verdict seemed to satisfy the community. No riots erupted. Rodney King's lawsuit would determine how much money, if any, he received for his injuries. King's civil suit against the city of Los Angeles was his third trial in three years. The jury awarded Rodney King $3.8 million. As for the officers convicted in the Rodney King beating, both Powell and Kuhn still live in Southern California. They declined our request to be interviewed. For years after the beating, Rodney King continued to have run-ins with the law. In 1996, he was sentenced to 90 days for a hit-and-run involving his wife. He was also arrested several times on charges related to domestic abuse, drug intoxication, and indecent exposure. King's admitted alcoholism and personal problems also caused him to virtually squander his share of the settlement, worth, according to him, $1.5 million. He purchased homes for himself and his mother, but what did he do with the rest of the money? Did you hang on to that money or did you throw it away? When I get that shot again, we all know how money can come and it can go. I mean, save, save, save for tomorrow. You're telling me you, it's gone. <laughs> it's pretty much, pretty much. He wears a bulletproof vest in large crowds because threats against his life were all too real. 
The FBI once infiltrated a white supremacist plot to assassinate King. You know, you know, I, I, um, I never feel safe, you know, it's just things that happen.